We're glad to have him with us. Praise the Lord. Brother Shane, you found a second home here. Praise the Lord. Good evening, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord again. I still remember the psalm. David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I hope nobody had to tell you, let us go into the house of the Lord tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a beautiful song. We just sang. Making a commitment to love the Lord, not only now, but for always. Amen. Father, we continue to look to you tonight. You said that we must lift our eyes unto the hills. Because there is where our help comes from. We look to you tonight. We pray that you will touch every heart. Touch my mind and my lips. Oh God, I pray that as your word goes forward, our lives will be touched in Jesus' name. Amen. Could you say amen with me? Amen. Look at your neighbor and tell him, say amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. I know it's a uh, it's a cold or cool night for some. I want to encourage us a little bit in a few, but let me just take this opportunity to say thanks to uh, Pastor Bill and the leadership of uh, this assembly and the church and members and friends who continuing and have contributed towards the upliftment of our church back in Diana since it has been uh, since it has received a, a facelift and a, somewhat of a transformation um, people have been acknowledging and um, saying how proud they are and I just wanted to let you know of the impact that you have made um, in Diana and in the community that I pastor. So thank you um, for doing that. May the Lord continue to bless you in all that you do. Amen. I want to share a little bit from the text in Luke chapter 1. And uh, I'll be going through, just making some observation as we go along. And if um, there's one thing that stands out about what I'm going to share in my mind as I um, thought about sharing and particularly as we approach uh, the Christmas season. If I were to put a title to, to, to this um, encouragement to us, it would be one ordinary day. One ordinary day. I'm sure in our lives, as we go from day to day in our various chores and work and uh, whatever it is that we have to do, sometimes there are things that pops up along the way that we just couldn't foresee. We just couldn't cater for because we simply uh, could not have known that such an experience uh, would come up. And as I read the book of Luke, especially in chapter 1, as it outlines to us 
concerning uh, what is about to happen in the life of Elizabeth, um, what was going to happen in the life of Zacharias, what was going to happen in the life of this uh, young girl by the name of Mary and uh, her uh, fiancé Joseph at the time. One ordinary day is how I like to put it because I can imagine that in their life as they go about what they were um, doing on their agenda they would not have imagined that an event like this could have um, could happen to their to them and transform their lives I want to encourage us tonight that in a similar fashion as we go about our our day not knowing what tomorrow holds but know who holds tomorrow we have the confidence to go forward and know for a certainty that whatever happens tomorrow God is in control and that it is not going to catch him by any surprise he is not surprised by any chance that um, of what will happen tomorrow because he was sleeping he does not sleep anybody hear me tonight Amen. He doesn't sleep. So in Luke chapter 1, verse from verse 1 through to, to 25, we have here this passage deals with Zacharias, who happens to be the priest, and Elizabeth, his wife, who is about to give birth to a son, whom they must name John. And for the sake of time, I will uh, paraphrase a few verses and make mention so that we can move along and that I can be finished by the time my time uh, expires. But here is John before being prophesied, being told to his parents, rather, that he was going to be born. Zacharias, when we read this, this text, we get the, 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 the impression, I get the impression, that this priest as he was going about his daily, um, his, his service routine. And if you want to turn with me to Luke chapter 1. The Bible says from verse 5, that in the day of Herod the king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah, who, or of the division, sorry, of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child. Mm -hmm. Are we serving God faithfully? Some, perhaps all, hopefully. And is there something that is lacking in our lives? Absolutely. That's why we come before him. That's why we were praying just now. Because we, we don't yet have it all together. There are things that we are still trusting him for. And the Bible says in verse 7, But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. It paints a picture against the backdrop from which God will now work. Working against what may seem impossible with man. 
They have all the odds stacked against them. They were both old or big people, as I would like to say, because old people can sound a little disrespectful sometimes. And some people don't like to be called old. So I say big people. Then I don't think I can get into too much trouble here. Praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so, they start from a position of what may seem impossible with man. But as I read this text, I get the impression, as I read on, I get the impression that this priest whose name was Zacharias, he was praying, praying for perhaps a son. Because when we look at the salutation of the angel, we get that picture that this is what uh, he was doing. In verse number 11 of chapter 1, we see, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him. And fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. And you shall call his name John. The angel puts in his appearance. And I note a couple of things. One is that this man, Zacharias, this encountered took place in what we would consider to be the church. He was going about ministering in the church. And the angel of the Lord appears to this priest, and for some reason or the other, the priest was seemingly startled by the angel. He, was, he became afraid. And the angel quickly had to uh, put his fears to rest. How many of us are in the presence of God, and when God starts to move, it takes us by surprise? How many of us, we are right there in the presence of God, and God begins to move, and then we think something strange? This was this priest experience. But I'm glad that he quickly allowed his fears to be put to rest. What was the message of the angel? There was the appearance of the angel. There was a message of the angel. And then what I would um, put in there, the response. And those are the areas I'm circling with my thoughts. In verse number 13, we see here an interesting, interesting message. But the angel said unto him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. Not very farther, uh, further in that chapter, we see also of another appearance in verse number 26 of the same chapter. What was happening? One ordinary day. It was another service. Could be this service tonight. It could be the service on Sunday. That God is going to show up and touch you, touch your life in such a dynamic way that it will change the course of your life for the rest of your life. 
think about what happened to Zacharias and Elizabeth at this time in this particular service. How God stepped in and transformed their lives for the rest of their lives. Brethren, nothing is short of what God can do. He can do, as the scripture declares, exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think. When I think about the depth of that scripture, I imagine here is a God who wants to give me more than I really even can't begin to wrap my mind around. That's the kind of God that we serve. It hasn't, another scripture says, ears have not heard, neither have it entered into the hearts of man, the things that God has in store for them. This is the kind of God that we serve. And if we are really serving God with all our heart, we can expect Him to do the impossible. We must expect Him to do the impossible. What may seem impossible with us, beloved, it is possible with God. We must raise our faith and allow God to work for us, in us, through us, for His honor and for His glory. In verse number 26, in the sixth month, the angel, same angel, was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the same and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said unto her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Two significant events, two world-transforming events, took place in the space of six months apart from each other. Mary's life is now going to be transformed. You can call it turn upside down or right side up, whichever direction you, you want to turn it. But this young girl was not prepared for something like this. Zacharias, on the other hand, was praying for a, for, for a child. For a son, the angel confirmed that I'm here. God has heard your prayer and he has answered. But we don't see anywhere in scripture where Mary was praying like that. Mary was busy living for the Lord, doing the right thing, pleasing God, living holy, living consecrated, and going about her life on a daily basis, another ordinary day going about trying to please God. And in an instant of a moment, our life was transformed for the rest of our life. For the, the rest of humanity, in that moment, God stepped out of eternity and into time and transformed the remainder of our world through the Lord Jesus Christ and through Mary. Brethren, it is the same way God wants to continue to work in your life and in my life. God wants to step in into our day-to-day -day 
interrupt our schedule. You, you might, I don't know what Mary was doing at the time. I don't know whether she was sweeping, washing dishes, going out, folding clothes, whatever she was doing in that moment. Zacharias was in the church, attending, carrying on the service. But Mary was in another setting. It lets us also know that God is no respecter of place or persons. That he will step in whether we are in church, whether we are at home, whether we're in the marketplace, whether we're in school, whether we're in a shop, we're in a grocery store or something. God can meet us wherever we are. And he wants to meet us wherever we are. Because he wants to do a great work in our lives. He wants to do a great work in your life. He wants to do a greater work in your life. He wants to do a great work in my life. Are we willing to allow him to step in to our life and to transform us and to cause significant things to happen as a result of us allowing him to use us as vessels? Are we willing? I think about this young girl, Mary, and how she must have thought. That's why she asked the question, how can this be seen? I do not know a man. Tell me how can this be? And the angel did so well in telling her how it was going to be. I like Mary's response. Zacharias wasn't quite the same. But Mary's response is what I really would hope and pray that we will give a response like Mary did. Are we willing? I think about the consequences that Mary must have thought about when she heard, after she heard the salutation, after she heard what is this enormous responsibility that is now uh, entrusted upon her, that will now affect her life. What about the scrutiny that she would now have to come under because of the society? What about the scorn? Because she is a young virgin and now she is pregnant. Some of that stigma still extends to a day like today. So think about how she was going to feel. Think about what she thought of telling Joseph. But her response is encouraging. She made herself available and, and declared, Be it unto me, Lord. Be it unto me. How many of us are willing to be in service for God to the extent? Doesn't matter what society will say. Doesn't matter how we will be looked upon. Doesn't matter of what we will have to go through. The consequences that we will have to bear because of the decision we are about to make right now. We are determined that we will do what God has asked us to do. This was Mary's position on this matter. She was prepared and she made up her mind that I'm going to go through with this. Be it unto me. My encouragement and prayer tonight is that we will be able to say it just like Mary said. Be it unto me. Meanwhile, on the other hand, a little way down the line, Joseph now has to come to grips 
all of this. But the Lord is so good because the Bible declares to us that Joseph was an honorable man. He was a just, he was a good man. We have good men today. I had a wonderful time uh, last Saturday meeting um, with some good men, men of courage, right here. Good man sitting right there, brother Larry. I didn't just make that up. His wife let us know that. And if your wife lets lets you know talk about that, and then it must be true. Amen. So we have some good men. But Joseph, he too had to deal with this life-altering decision. Moment. How do we deal with these moments when we are hit with these, with this kind of a, 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 a assignment upon our lives? Are we willing? Some people will crumble. Some people may buckle under the pressure of carrying this kind of uh, 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 assignment. But Mary said yes. What am I saying to us? Is that in an instant of a moment, if we are living for God, if we are faithful, if we are vessels that are clean, because Paul says that if we are vessels that are clean, God will use us. And God will step in. Sometimes without notice. Sometimes without prior notice. And He will give us assignments. Are we willing to fulfill? To be faithful to those assignments as believers? Are we willing to say yes in spite of the challenges? In spite it will change the course of our lives? Or are we believers who only want to do what we want to do? God, I want to serve you, but you know I want to do this. So just, I myself, over 12 or 13 years ago had to make that decision eventually because for years I kept putting off saying, Lord, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to be I don't want to go into ministry um, at a pastoral uh, level. I will do whatever you want me to do in the church, but I will not become a pastor. I don't want to become And I run for 13 years ago. I couldn't run anymore. And if you're running today, tonight, I hope you can say, like Mary, stop running tonight. Might not be pastoral. Might be some other ministerial role. Serving in the church in some way or the uh, form serving in the church in some way or form and you've been running and putting it off and saying no I don't 
And you can see the need. And every time you see the need, God reminds you of what you are supposed to be doing. And you put it off. Tonight, don't let it this night finish without you saying, Yes, Lord, I am going to be obedient from tonight. This girl is an example for us. Zacharias presented a different scenario. Because of his doubt, he became dumb, couldn't speak. Until there was a fulfillment of what was said by the angel. There are some of us who might be like him in doubt as to whether or not God have really said what he has said. Because when we think of the magnitude of what was said, we look at ourselves and we say, that can't be me. Look at me. That can't be me. And we may give all kinds of reasons and all try to make all kinds of excuses as to why it can't be or really why it shouldn't be. But really, God is saying, it is you. It is you that I'm after. It is you that I'm calling. It is you that I've entrusted this responsibility to. It is you who have to do what I've said that you should do. Are we willing to be faithful to him tonight? Are we willing to fulfill what he has called us to fulfill? God is willing to use us like I said before, if we're clean, in, in uh, Timothy it reminds us, if a man therefore pours himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. That's the kind of vessel God is looking for. One of the things that both these stories have in common is that they both live lives that were consecrated to God. They both live lives that were devoted to God. And if we too live lives that are devoted and consecrated to God, God will use us. God will answer our prayers. God will, when we call on Him, respond. Because the Word tells us that it, you know, He doesn't have ears like the, like the images in, in Isaiah declares. He doesn't have hands that can't touch and can't reach, eyes that can't see. He is touched with the very feelings of our infirmity. The scripture tells us this is the confidence we have for when we pray, He hears. And not only does He hear, but He answers. God will answer His children. He knows His children and He will answer. But what can we learn? From all of this. Well, let us live lives that are pleasing to God. Let us live lives that are pleasing to the Lord. Let us strive to be holy before the Lord because He is a holy God and He demands of us, He requires of us that we be holy. Holiness is still in style. In a world like the one we are living in right now, where it seems like if it's something for the older folks, for the bigger people, 
Brethren, let us remind ourselves that holiness is still what God requires of us. Let us live right. Let us walk right before the Lord. Let us live lives that are pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us be faithful to do whatsoever God has called us to do, regardless of our current position. Let's not put it off. Let's not say, Lord, tomorrow when I'm finished securing my career or whatever it is that I put in front of the will of God for my life. Let us be faithful to do whatsoever God has called us to do. Let us be willing to do His will regardless of what we may perceive to be the inconvenience. Let us do His will. If it means that we should suffer embarrassment, then so be it. Many of us, I remember years ago and going in the streets and telling people about Jesus. And I remember how sad I used to feel after telling people about Jesus and making, giving them the opportunity to repeat the sinner's prayer, to turn their lives around. And many of them would say, well, I'm not interested. And I would walk away feeling very sad. And I remember as an early Christian, as a young believer, that made me sad. It still makes me sad today. And one of the one of the times when that was the case, I was so sad. Because I really felt like this person should accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. When they said to me, no, I was sad. And I looked, the Lord spoke to me in that moment. I didn't want to witness to anybody anymore. And right in that moment, the Lord said, why are you sad? They haven't rejected you, they have rejected me. And some other words came that really touched my heart. And the next day I was at it again. <laughs> we must do what God wants us to do. Lots, lots of modern believers feel that it's the pastor's job to go and win souls. But it's a believer's job. It's our job. We are all tasked with that responsibility. Let us be obedient to God, period. Let us be obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us say yes to his call. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but I know I'm speaking to someone. Let us be obedient to his call. Let us say yes to his will. Not our will but to His will. Sometimes what we want really wants to come ahead of what Jesus wants. But beloved, if we allow God the place that He really needs to be in our lives and in our hearts, 
he will say yes to what he wants. I said yes to what he wants several years ago. And I'm still saying yes to what he wants. And for the rest of my life, I don't know about you, but I plan on saying yes to what he wants. For the rest of my days, I want to say yes to what he wants. That should be our desire, to say yes to what he wants. Not our will, but his will be done in our lives. Brethren, if Jesus can say yes to his will, how about you and me? Just before the cross, he prayed, not my will, but your will be done. How about us tonight? Can we make that commitment to say, Lord, not my will, but your will? Would you stand and pray with me? Recognizing that God can touch us wherever we are. In whatever circumstance we are, God can touch us. In an instant of a moment. Doesn't matter where we are. Doesn't matter what circumstance we are in. But if we just open our hearts and allow him to touch us, I believe that there will be significant change that will take place. Mary's life was never the same after a touch. Elizabeth's life was never the same after a touch. Joseph's life was never the same after a that encounter. How about you and me? I don't know about you, but I need a new experience, a new touch, a transforming touch, a healing touch perhaps. Maybe it's a touch that will alter the course of my life, of your life. Maybe you're at crossroad uh, making some decision and you need a touch for direction. Maybe you need a visitation for healing, as we've prayed for before. Trusting God for a financial breakthrough or a miracle in some way. He can touch us tonight. He can touch us tonight. Father, we lift before you every life. We lift every life here before you tonight. And we ask, Lord, that you would touch your people, regardless of where we are at, regardless of our various levels of commitment to you tonight, regardless of our situation, regardless, Lord, of whatsoever is going on in our life. We can be here all dressed up, but there can be a storm raging. But God, tonight you are still God. And Lord, the winds and the seas still obey your name. And so God, whatever storm might be blowing, whatever contrary winds might be blowing in the lives of your people, we declare peace be still. We speak your word and we say peace be still over every situation. We claim divine intervention, Lord. We claim divine intervention that there'd be a miraculous touch in the name of Jesus. Cause lives, oh God, to be changed, to be transformed in the name of Jesus, to be impacted, Lord, as only you can 
We submit to you tonight. We surrender to you tonight. Oh God, you know those that might be hurting, those that might be at crossroads, that you would touch right now, that you would guide. That, oh God, that you will do a work in their lives that only you alone know how to do. That only you alone can touch them in that way. They haven't even shared it with anyone, but, oh God, you know. And so, God, we pray for a touch. Those who are wavering, oh God, in their faith, those who are wavering concerning what you have said to them, not necessarily have to be a visitation of an angel, but it can be your voice speaking, it can be your word, it can be from your man's servant. It can be, oh God, what you have declared to them in whatever shape or form. That they are wavering and believing, Lord, is this you? Is this what you really say? I pray, oh God, that you would strengthen their belief. I pray that faith will arise in the name of Jesus. That God, they will stand on your promises. That we will stand on your promises. And whatsoever you have declared to us, we believe you, God, that you will perform it. We stand firm in your word. And we know that you do all things well. So we believe in you right now. We believe in you right now for doing it. For touching your people, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs>